This is episode 079, The Perils of the Perfect Woman. Woman Awake is a soul-led journey of awakening through motherhood and womanhood. Woman Awake explores the soul-based, spirit-fueled, somatic and energetic journey of awakening, of consciousness. The power of an awakened woman lives in her life alignment, her inner attunement and her embodied transformation. This is not just my journey, but it is ours, and together we seek to free our mind, feel our body, feed our soul, and to hear our heart. As women, as mamas, we seek clarity, we embrace the truth, we dive into the discomfort of our shadows, we honor our healing, and we be fully with our humanness, whilst also being in our divinity too. Hey beautiful one, welcome back to Woman Awake. So I'm just jumping back on the mic after having a little bit of time off. You know I used to apologise for having time off and I'm doing my best to not do that because being the perfect woman, mother, friend, daughter, sister, etc. add on all of the roles that we play, it just doesn't exist And so if there is a week where I need to prioritise something else over recording a podcast, I now give myself full permission to do so. I now, and haven't for a while, really cared whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing, other than does it feel good for me. So this little explanation is actually a perfect segue because today's episode is actually about the perils of the perfect woman. And... Unsurprisingly, it has come up multiple times in both this week's coaching work with clients and last week's. It's most definitely been a theme for sure, in different ways and in different contexts, but it's been a theme. And I want to unpack it a little bit because now that I have a daughter in kindergarten and she is in a a mainstream schooling system. Wow, did you see how hard that was for me to actually say those words? It was like it got stuck in the back of my throat. Clearly still partially triggered by that and working through that for sure. But I see my daughter in the what, what will become a lifelong system of reward slash punishment. So she gets really excited and she comes home and tells me that She was super good today and she listened to everything that the teacher did and she tried really hard and then she did something and the teacher said, go on Soleil, you get another dojo point. And so up Soleil would go to the dojo board and change her peg. So this is all really new to me and I still don't really know how to explain this properly but there's obviously a a system where they get to move their peg with their name up and down depending on their performance, how they show up, what they handle. She's had some really beautiful moments where she's had a meltdown at an all-school event. You know, 350 students, which is really triggering for a kid with sensory challenges. And she found a way to regulate and to calm herself down and still show up to this experience, despite having initially been really triggered. So she found a way to work through what she was feeling and to be brave. And the teacher recognised that with a merit at the end of term and extra dojo points. I'm saying this with a little smirk on my face because to me the merit actually is in her experience and in her having the real life experience of 
speaking out, asking for help, finding a way to receive support, regulate, and to find inner bravery, tap into that intrinsic motivation and still show up to something challenging. But hey, okay, a little cardboard merit achievement award, you know, really lit her up. And the reason I've been pondering on all of this lately is because in my work with these beautiful women and clients, and me included, I can see all the way back, and of course it's in different various degrees depending on the person, all the way back to their childhood and to the reward slash punishment system, be it at school, be it at home, or with other adults and caretakers. I personally don't do a reward system at home. In fact, I think I tried once loosely and it doesn't, didn't really work. It just doesn't work and it's not something that I resonate with. In fact, I find it really triggering. Um, my family, my husband and I have been known to sometimes say, oh, if you do this, we'll go and get a chocolate croissant or something like that. That's probably the extent of it, which, you know, I'm sure there's a whole other story on that, but <laughs> nobody's perfect, right? Which is precisely the conversation we're having today. <clears throat> So to have my daughter now in this system and at the other end of the scale be working with women who are the byproduct of this mainstream reward punishment system, it's really fascinating and really interesting to me to sit back and watch. So let me give you a few examples. I've worked with many women who live under the pressure of the good girl syndrome. They must, it goes like this, they must be intelligent and smart. They've also got to be wry and street aware, but they need to stay compassionate and make sure that they're kind and loving and generous to all people, non-judgmental and never to shame anybody. Be inclusive yet stand out on your own. Work hard. Don't play too hard. Don't wear the wrong thing but please make sure that you still look sexy and gorgeous for your partner. Make sure he's happy with whatever you're feeding him at home. Be the good mother. Do all the right things for your child. Make sure you don't F them up. Be the good daughter, always putting other people's needs first, checking in on family and friends. Be a great friend. Always check in on your friends. Send them food, love on them. You get the idea, right? Oh, it's a lot, the good girl syndrome. And if you are a good girl, you will be rewarded by my acknowledgement and my validation, which then puts you on this hamster wheel, which came up in one of our sessions, my client sessions this week, puts you on this hamster wheel of, okay, so I behave like a good girl. I receive validation and acknowledgement. I feel better about myself. I've just received a little bit of connection here and a feeling of I'm good enough. So I'm going to stay on this hamster wheel and keep performing. I'm going to stay in this energy of be the good girl. And I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing through and I'm going to be as perfect as I possibly can be. Now, why does this just not work? Well, A, if perfection doesn't exist, it just doesn't exist because you cannot please everybody at the same time. You most certainly cannot please everybody at the same time, get it right all the time, and also do what's right for you. And also, it's objective and subjective. So what you might think is perfect is different to what somebody else thinks is perfect, 
what you think might be the right thing to do might actually be completely the opposite. Or you kind of get close, but it's still not good enough. It also doesn't work because it pulls you away from your own instincts, your own intuition, your own innate desires. It pulls you away from using your own highest self, soul, heart, your own inner wisdom to navigate through the world and to decide what's right for you. It also waters down boundaries. So you become a yes woman often, saying yes to everybody for so many things before actually checking in if it feels good and true for you to say yes to X, Y, Z. It's also really quite detrimental because when we live in this perfectionist state, this good girl state, this do what everybody wants of you state all the time, we forget how to tap into pleasure. We forget how to be in our feminine energy. We forget how to move through life from this space of this feels really good and I'm allowed to feel good and I'm allowed to sink more into the richness of pleasure and I'm allowed to do nothing or everything if it feels right for me. And I'm allowed to break rules because those rules don't align with me. So it's fascinating because I'm the kind of person in the schoolyard that has actual conversations with people. I don't just say, how's the weather? So if you ever meet me, just know that small talk and weather is kind of not my jam. (laughs) I'm the kind of person that says, how did you enjoy the cross-country race yesterday? How did you feel about that? How was your son or daughter's experience? I ask the questions. And then I'm often having conversations with beautiful women and many a good man, lots of daddies showing up, which is awesome, about how they feel with this reward-punishment system. So don't get me wrong, I'm not this crazy lady running around the schoolyard having these intense conversations and being triggered all the time, but I'm I'm fascinated, I'm intrigued, I'm interested. Like I said, because I'm on the other side working with women in their late 30s and 40s who are looking themselves in the mirror and going, what the actual F? Why do I live like this? Why do I care so much about what other people think? Why am I striving and pushing to receive acknowledgement and validation and recognition from this person in this way? Or why does it keep me up at night if I haven't done everything just so? Why don't I feel good enough even when I do everything Instead of feeling good enough, I feel worse about myself. I feel empty. I feel depleted. I feel exhausted. So it's because of the other side that I'm interested in having the conversations at the beginning. You know, what's going on here at the beginning in school, in life, with family? And it does always interest me that most of the conversations I have, most of the mothers, not all of them, but most of them are not where my head is at. And what I mean by that is they, they, don't, they don't live a life of questioning. They don't live a life of breaking rules. They don't consider that they have a chance to think for themselves in regard to something or to put their own needs first or to stand in their imperfection. And then there are a handful that I have conversations with and I'm like, okay, wow, you and I, we're seeing things very similarly and this is interesting to me. And I can see and hear through what you're expressing that you too feel like this. So I just want to unpack 
this perfectionist piece because if there's one thing that I would love to see in women and it has to begin with our our girls and our children is this complete smashing through of the cage that is perfectionism of the idea that what other people think of you matters more than what you think of yourself that in order to feel valuable and worthy and validated and recognized that you have to perform in a certain way for other people. You have to tick a certain number of things off the list. You have to achieve a certain level of success. You have to act in a certain way. You have to engage with people in a certain way. I'd love to see all of that smashed through and that our girls are raised to become women who are deeply compassionate and caring and are women of the world who actually give a crap but but have very clear boundaries do not need extrinsic motivation and validation to feel good about themselves know what it feels like to feel good enough from the inside out that they are good enough already more than enough simply because they're born and they're alive and they're a soul completely embodied into this incredible physical vessel that there is nothing to prove and there never has been anything to prove. And what other people think of you is irrelevant. And I've had conversations with people who say, but it, it is relevant, Claire. It is relevant because if it wasn't relevant, you would just walk down the street in your pajamas. I'm like, actually, no, I dress the way I dress or I wash my face and my hair or whatever it is I do and I remember to put on my rings because I like it. Of course it feels great if somebody notices you and say, you look beautiful, I love your bag, whatever, of course. But first and foremost, I do it and I'm motivated to do it for me. So as an example, when my daughter received those dojo points for doing something in class, I don't know, she, she, she got something right with spelling or whatever it is. I said to her, it's, how do you feel about receiving those points from the teacher? And she was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm getting closer and closer to reaching dojo and then I get a prize. And I'm like, okay, so you're really motivated by receiving these prizes, aren't you? And she said, yeah. I said, but what about how it makes you feel that you did something that you'd been working hard at and you got better at it and you managed to get it right that day. She's like, I felt really good. So I'm trying to balance it out in a few ways. When she comes home with a merit award, I get down on my knees and I give her a hug and a big kiss and I tell her, I'm really happy for you. I'm really careful not to say I'm proud of you. I might say, I hope you're proud of yourself because it's nice to be recognized, I know, but I'm really happy for you if this feels good for you. But I don't do a huge song and dance about it. I don't rush out and say, let's go get a cake or let's go do something super special tonight because you received this merit award. And I know that sounds kind of cruel, but she receives my love, she receives my recognition, she receives acknowledgement that this is special for her. If it is special for her, if it's not, I'm not going to make a huge song and dance about it. But it is special to her, so I do recognize it. But I don't pump it up so much so that she subconsciously is taking in a program that says, oh, wow, 
I just got a huge dose of extra love and support and recognition from my mum and they took me out to dinner and all this stuff happened. That makes me feel good. I did good. I must be worthy because I got this award. Are you following my drift here, guys? I'm going to keep working at it and getting more awards. And the reason why this is a problem is because there is never enough. There are never enough awards once you move into that space to make a person feel whole and sacred and special and enough from within. Because they start to disconnect from their own self and they're constantly looking externally in the world around them, wondering, where do I get more recognition, approval, love, appreciation? Their ego starts to take the driver's seat and lead the way. And that's just not okay. It's not okay because I'm sitting across from women every single week who are living their life from this space of not good enough, not worthy enough, must be the good girl, can never be good enough. And it's paralyzing. It leads them into a state of procrastination. They don't know how to move forward. They don't know how to start their businesses. Now throw in social media on top of all of that and, you know, I don't even need to talk about it. There's a whole other layer of the world and me. We don't mesh because I'm not that, I'm not good enough in that way. So when I'm engaging with my daughter, I'm really mindful to let her lead. If something is interesting her and she's intrigued by it and she's excited, I celebrate that with her. But it is always in a way that is, this is not the only thing in your life that matters and I'm not going to applaud this or anything else in your life which with such excessiveness that you forget who you are and you forget your worthiness because your worthiness is not in a piece of paper that says congratulations. Your worthiness does not come from a dojo point. Your worthiness does not come from when you get a really great mark in an exam because I wanted you to. No. Your worthiness comes from that light inside that is ever-present and always there your connection to source, the fact that you are source, the fact that you are born all-powerful, all-knowing. You are God, goddess. You are always spiritually and energetically and physically and mentally and emotionally supported if you choose to lean into that. You are always, always cared for. You are always enough. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody. And so some people go one way or the other, right? They become extreme perfectionists. And I see, again, this in all of the range of my clients. Extreme perfectionists, they push themselves so hard, they achieve, and then that sends them further into the hamster wheel because they keep receiving more and more accolades, acknowledgement, all of that. And they push and they push and they push until they're burnt out, until they're exhausted, until they're not sure who they are, until they're so disconnected from their truth. And then you've got the people on the other end of the spectrum who shut down, who say, fine, F you. I worked really hard at that. You didn't appreciate it at all. You told me it wasn't good enough. You said I should do better. You didn't recognize me in the way that I wanted to be recognized or the way that you recognized me last time. 
you threw a party last time and this time you didn't. So I'm just not going to try anymore. I just don't want to set myself up for that kind of failure. So I'm just going to go the other way and step deep into the space of self-sabotage. And I'm going to just not give a shit anymore. And then the spiral continues. The caregiver, the adult, the parent. What's wrong with you? Why don't you try? Don't you care? Why aren't you working hard enough? Other kids are doing it differently to you. You get the idea. And this might be really triggering. Maybe some of the words that I'm saying resonate with you because you heard them. I remember once in high school, I was an artistic child, just like my daughter is. I was passionate about art and creativity and music, ancient history. Oh, my gosh, I loved ancient history. And maths, yeah, I got by. I passed. Cool. I know how to add and and subtract and do some formulas. I can't even say the words, see? And I got by well enough, more than well enough. But there was an exam coming up, and I remember thinking, I really want to prove to my dad that I can do this, that he tells me maths is important, so I want to prove to him that I can do it. So I studied and I studied and I studied. And, of course, I completely smashed the exam. I got 97%. And I remember coming home. I remember exactly where I was standing in the back courtyard. And I handed him this and said, Dad, look. Look, I got my maths exam back. And he looked down and he nodded a few times. And he looked up and he said, what happened to the other 3%? It makes me laugh now. Like, it's that? Even at that young age, I was like, are you trying to motivate me? Because that's BS and I'm done. I'm absolutely done. And you know why I was done? Because I was reaching for a good enough feeling, a good enough acknowledgement. I was reaching for applause and recognition because that's the system that I was in from my father in that moment and I didn't get it and so I went the opposite way and I most certainly did stop trying I never failed at it but I just parked it and went yeah we're done with that we're done with that I'm no longer going to try at that and I felt really good that I'd studied and done so well with that exam but here I was giving up when maybe I could have gotten even better at it I was reaching for somebody else to validate me rather than feeling that sense of pride and joy for what I'd achieved within myself. So the perils of the perfect woman. And what tends to happen is the shadow side. When somebody else in our life doesn't perform perfectly, such as our husband, our partner, our child... When we live from a state of perfectionism, whether we are avoiding it or leaning further into perfectionism, we can often come down really hard on other people when they're not perfect. And that's the shadow, that's the unconscious part of us that hasn't quite faced the challenge that we've faced in our life, the challenge that we're facing in our life because we live in this perpetual state of perfectionism or reaching for it or trying to be good enough or trying to be the good girl, good woman all the time. So when we're faced with other people failing and not doing what we think is good enough, sometimes we can slam down on them really hard because that shadow within us that we haven't looked at is coming up to show it in everything and everyone around us. 
God knows I have had countless times in my journey as a woman and a mother where something that I've not faced yet within me will manifest within my relationships right in front of my eyes. And it will drive me mad. I'll be looking at this person, their behavior and thinking, what on earth are you doing? And it's so incredibly triggering. And that is the moment. That is the signpost. Okay, there's something here for me. I am so triggered by you and what you're doing. I'm going to turn the mirror back here. Is this an unconscious part of myself that I've not yet looked at? Is this a part of myself I'm avoiding? So let this be, I'm not sure if I've given you a lot of answers today, but let this be something to ponder on. As a woman, where do you live in this perfectionist state, this not good enough state, this reaching to always be a certain way, perform a certain way, be the good girl? Where does this show up for you a lot in your life? And does it show up in your parenting? I've met mums who are so desperate to be the healthy, life-giving, nurturing, ever-present conscious mother that they're so burnt out and so broken and so exhausted because they're in such a state of control and pushing because they've given themselves these unrealistic expectations. And they tell me they think it's because they, they, they do it to themselves. Oh, I do this to myself, Claire. I put these expectations on myself. Like, yeah, you do. But you learnt somewhere along the way that those expectations are what make you valid and worthy. You learnt somewhere along the way that you have to be a certain way to be good enough. So you don't necessarily need to go back and unpack your childhood and where this all came up. But it is really powerful to sit with, where do I sit with this perfect woman space? Where does this show up for me? How does it show up for me? How does it feel? On what, uh, Where am I sitting on the spectrum of this? You know, it's not that strong in me, to be honest, anymore. But when it is strong, it shows up more in dissociating and disconnecting and shutting down and pulling away. Whereas I've got many clients where it shows up in the opposite way. They go harder. They turn a new passion project into the next thing that they have to do really good like, okay, I've decided that I'm going to not vaccinate my children and I'm going to only feed them organic food and then it becomes this obsession and they get really um, highly charged and intense about getting it right because if I get it right, then I'm doing it good enough and I'm doing it good enough for them but I'm also doing it good enough in the scheme of other mothers and as a woman, I've done it so well and then I expect other people to recognise me and to let me know that I'm doing a good job. I've had moments, really um, dark moments with my partner where words will come out of my mouth that I'm not expecting and, I, and I'll say things like, I just need to know I'm doing a good job. And as I hear the words, they just feel so horrible in my body and it's like, you know you're doing a good job. You know you show up every day and you do a great job because that's just who you are. And yet you're still needing somebody else to recognize you and validate you. So that's usually a signpost that something within my day is leaving me feel so empty that I'm looking for somebody else to prop me up. So just watch, witness, even do some journaling around perfectionism, not being good enough, playing the good girl, how that shows up in your life. Where have you possibly healed it already or where it still feels a little bit dense and heavy and requires some review?
So I'm going to leave it there and just finish with a little reminder that next weekend on the 2nd of May, my first virtual retreat is happening at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. It is a live event. It will go for three hours, but it will also be recorded and the replay will be sent out to those who have booked in. It's $66. It's called Breakthrough and Birth into Your Bliss. And I absolutely cannot wait. I finished the e-guide for this and it's just going to be such a juicy experience. To give you an idea, we'll begin with an opening sacred circle, an intention setting practice using a really powerful mudra under the the moon, which at that time, oh, I can't remember that time. It's going to be Capricorn. We'll then move into a bit of a discussion on our three spiritual centers, so our womb, our heart, and our third eye. We'll move into somatic movement to really ring out, awaken, and shake off some stagnant energy, just preparing the body, and some delicious breathwork practices, some of them that really bring me into a feminine state that I just love to share. We then move into a womb and feminine-based yoga practice. So this is just really powerful, energetic work. It doesn't require a lot of physical flexibility, so don't stress about that. Then we move into a self-womb healing practice. We have a break. We go into a sharing circle and then an EFT masterclass. To finish, I'm going to take you on a blissful meditation space and then we close with a gratitude circle. I am so excited for this. Tickets are still available. You receive a little mini e-guide with lots of journaling prompts and some support in there. You also receive the replay so you can do it again and again or catch up if you miss out on it live. I would be so honoured and thrilled to have you join my first virtual retreat. I'm so excited. And uh, yeah, come along with your candles, your cushions, your incense, your oils, whatever it is you need, and make it a really beautiful, delicious Sunday morning, a sacred space, a special space. I just can't wait to share this with you. So any questions, feel free to reach out, especially if you want to know more about this particular retreat. Excuse me. (coughs) You can email me directly, claire at clareobade.com, or you can head to clareobade.com slash events and check out the virtual retreat on there. I have had such an awesome time recording this episode. I hope it's landed for you and I hope it has given you a lot of food for feeling, I want to say, instead of thinking and some reflection too. Let's try and change this perfectionist poison that unfortunately is showing up in so many of us, especially in our girls and our women. Sending you so much love and I wish you the most beautiful weekend ahead. Thank you so much for tuning into Woman Awake. If you found this episode supportive, please subscribe and leave a five-star review over on iTunes. This is the best way to cheer me on and to ensure that Woman Awake lands in the hearts and the ears of those who need it most. If you can think of somebody who would gain value from this podcast, please consider sharing it and doing me a favor. You can find me at claireobade.com or over on Instagram under claireobade.com. Thank you for being part of this soul-led journey through motherhood and womanhood.